stand with us and sing. All of you is more than enough for all of me, for every thirst and every need. You satisfy me with your love, and all I have in you is more than enough. You're my supply, my breath of life. Still more awesome than I know. You're my reward worth living for. Still more awesome than I know. And all of you is more than enough for all of me. For every thirst and every need, you satisfy me with your love. And all I have in you. Sacrifice of greatest price, still more awesome than I know. You're coming, King, you are everything, still more awesome than I know. More than all I want, more than all I need, you are more than enough for me. It's more than enough for all of me, for every thirst and every need. You satisfy me with your love, and all I have in you is more than enough. Amen and good morning. Welcome to worship this morning. It is great to see you here. And to those joining online, welcome to you as well. Good morning today. And now, friends, the peace of Christ be with you all. And let us greet one another. The peace of Christ be with you guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And let us gather in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning, and Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and bless us with your power as we worship you today. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. All right, kiddos, you guys ready for a children's moment? Yes! Yes! Thank you, Juliana. All right, I've got to get a little something over here. I had to borrow this from our Christmas tree right over there. What is this that I'm holding? What is it? Who knows what this is? Yes, Taylor. A dove. This is a dove. Now, I need somebody to be Jesus for me. Who wants to pretend that they're Jesus for me right now? Okay, I'll let you come. Come on. Okay, now I need a John the Baptist. Juliana, you want to be John the Baptist? Okay, come on. I need you to. So here's what happened. So today is what we call the Baptism of Christ Sunday, and it's a really big deal. So a, a long time ago, before Jesus was really doing all of his ministry and going around and preaching and teaching, there was a person named John the Baptist. So say, hi, I'm John. Hi, I'm John. 
Exactly. This is John the Baptist. John the Baptist was baptizing people and telling them to repent and washing away their sin. And then one day Jesus, say, hi, I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus. Okay. One day Jesus, he came to John and Jesus said, here you can say it. Say, John, you need to baptize me. John, you need to baptize me. Good job. You guys are doing great. Okay. But John said, no way, Jesus, I can't do that. Yeah, he, she said, I can't do that. Or John said that he couldn't do that because John's like, I need to be baptized by you. I can't baptize you. But Jesus said, no, seriously, you got to baptize me. No, seriously, you got to baptize me. Exactly. And so John and Jesus went down to the river. Anybody know what that river was called? Hey, adults. Jordan River. I heard it whispered right behind me. They went down to the Jordan River, and then John dunked Jesus in the water. And then as Jesus was coming out of the water, here's what happened. So slowly come out of the water again. This was not planned. We're just going to go with this. As Jesus was coming out of the water, the heavens, the sky opened up, and there was a bright light that shined on Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit which looked like a dove. The Holy Spirit doesn't always look like a dove, but in this instance, the Holy Spirit that looked like a dove came down and down and down and down and down until it rested on Jesus' head. And everybody, like you guys are sitting here watching, everybody was watching. There were so many people who were around watching, and they were all watching. And what do you think their faces looked like? They were like, oh, imagine if you saw heaven, the heavens just open, the skies open, and a bright light shine on Jesus, and a thing that looked like a dove rest on Jesus' head. Everybody was amazed. Would you be amazed? Yeah? Oh, sorry, I'm getting your hair there. Everybody was amazed. And then, as if that wasn't enough, as this dove rested on Jesus' head, the voice of God spoke from heaven loudly. The voice of God said to Jesus, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And then Jesus went out of the water and then he began his ministry. That is the story of the baptism of Jesus. Isn't it cool that the Holy Spirit looked like a dove? Yeah, I thought it's pretty cool because you know the dove is a sign of peace. A dove is a sign of hope. And so the Holy Spirit, just, I think, for everybody to see what was happening, took the form of a dove and rested on Jesus' head, and then Jesus began his ministry. You guys will probably learn about this more in Sunday school as well. But let's stand up and let's say a prayer. <clears throat> let's pray. Holy and loving God, we turn to you today, and we ask, Lord, that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and bless us with your power. Bless these children, Lord, and bless us all, young and old. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. And you can go off to Sunday school. Go, my children, with my blessing, never alone. Waking, sleeping, I am with you. You are my own. In my love's baptismal river, I have made you mine forever. Go, my children, with my blessing, you are my own. Amen. And now, friends, if anybody has any announcements, you can come forward at this time. Are there any announcements to be made? 
I will just announce for Debbie and the health ministry that they did have to postpone the CPR and the Stop the Bleed course. That's going to be postponed until this spring. Unfortunately, one of the leaders of it ended up getting COVID because it seems like everybody's getting it right now. Unfortunately, it's spreading so rapidly. Uh, so unfortunately, that has to be postponed to the spring. But I also want to take a moment to say a huge thank you to the health ministry team, which has been doing a whole bunch to get things going. I think that Jean King is smiling down as she watches all of this continue and to grow. And if there are no other announcements, then we will light our peace candle. Will you join with me in prayer? Holy and loving God, we light this candle and we pray for peace. We pray for peace that surpasses all understanding. We pray for your peace that descended on Jesus like a dove. We pray for your peace to descend upon us and to bless us. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us, Lord. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. To be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary. join together in the opening litany. God says, look, see my chosen servant, the one in whom I utterly delight. When Jesus was baptized, the heavens opened up and the spirit came down like a dove and there was a voice from heaven saying, The joy of the Lord be with you all. Let us pray. Most wonderful God, foolish and flawed as are, we too delight in your beloved Son. In his name we gather in this house. May the heavens be opened for us, and we may catch a glimpse of the light and love that transforms our common days. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
Amen. And friends, uh, my apologies that there are no uh, hymn number or no page numbers uh, in your text today. If anybody wants to shout out a page number, you can. Unfortunately, our secretary also had COVID because everybody, unfortunately, seems to be getting COVID lately. So please keep yourselves safe. And so when I entered them in, I did them from home before I printed them. So I don't have the page numbers for you, but we are in the Gospel of Luke, the third chapter. We are going to read verses 15 through 20. Two. And so I will give you just a minute. If anybody wants to shout out the page number in the standard one, I heard 937. Wonderful. Thank you. You can open up to 937. We are in the Gospel of Luke, the third chapter, verses 15 through 22. 
And if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Start. That was not very loud, friends. Come on. You know me better than that. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, say amen. Amen. There we go. Starting with verse 15. As the people were filled with expectation. I'm going to repeat this. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Messiah. John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is at hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And so with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people But Herod, the ruler, who had been rebuked by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the evil things that Herod had done, added to all of them by shutting up John in prison. But before that happened, now when all of the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jesus to walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me. All along my pilgrim journey, Lord, I want Jesus to walk with me. with me. 
to walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me all along my pilgrim journey. Lord, I want Jesus to walk with me. beautiful. Let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning, Lord, and we ask that you bless us as we gather here in whatever way we do. As we turn to you, Lord, to worship you and to praise you, we ask that you bless us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us today. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So I need to start this morning by telling you a story, a story that happened just yesterday. So yesterday morning, the kids and I got up early in the morning so that we could make it to the ski mountain. Of course, that's not a surprise to any of you guys. And since we have season's passes, I knew that, that we could ski before the mountain officially opened up at 10 a.m. So I got the kids up nice and early in the morning doing the same exact thing that my parents used to do to me. You know, you got to be, be up and moving bright and early to, to beat all the crowd. So I got the kids up early in the morning to go take them skiing for their first time skiing in the year. I'd already been skiing once, but for their first time skiing. Trevor still had to coach hockey, and he's so responsible that he insisted on doing that, so he didn't get to come along with us. So the kids and I, we went down to Kissing Bridge, where we got our season's passes, and we went to go ski, and this was the kids' first time skiing this year, and so I said, okay, kids, we're going to just be on the bunny hill, and I had been there the morning before, and I knew that the mountain wasn't in amazing shape. There wasn't much that was opened and grew. So I told the kids, I said, hang out on the bunny hill, go up and down as many times as you want, and, and then if you want to go on the chairlift and go down a big run, then we'll do it. And I knew Taylor would want to, but I, I wasn't so sure about Walter. And so we went over to the bunny hill, and, and as I expected, Walter was a little bit wary at first. I had to, you know, put him in between my legs and ski down with him two and a half times before he had the confidence to, to know that he does remember how to ski. And then they went down the bunny hill a whole bunch of times. Then finally, Walter starts chanting, chair lift, chair lift, chair lift. And so I said, okay, bud, but your favorite green trails and even your favorite blue trails, they're not open right now. If we go up the chairlift, you're going to have to go down coal chute. And I know Walter always gets a little bit angry when he gets three quarters of the way down coal chute when it gets a little bit tricky. So I told Walter, I said, are you sure? Are you positive? He said, yes, yes, chairlift, chairlift, chairlift. And so I made the kids go down the buddy hill two more times just to make sure that they were ready. You know, Taylor's on new skis and everything because that kid grows like it's her job and so after they did two more runs we went over to the chairlift and we went up the chairlift and then we went over to the side to go down coal chute if you guys ski at kissing bridge you know what i'm talking about 
And so, of course, as soon as we, we got started, Taylor just took off. She is so my kid. She just took off skiing down the mountain, having the time of her life. And Walter actually was doing great, too. The whole, like, first more than half of the mountain, he was doing great. He was having fun. I was just hanging out next to him, cheering him on. He was doing a great job, keeping an eye, making sure I could see Taylor way down there in the distance to see that she was okay. And then we got to this one part. It's right towards the end of Coal Chute. If you, if you guys know, Coal Chute at the bottom of it, it splits into two. You can either go straight down to the parking lot or you can go over to the chairlift. I promise there's a reason I'm telling you this. And so you can go over to the chairlift, but there was also a snow machine right there in the middle and it was blowing snow and that also meant that there were some ice chunks right there, some pretty big ice chunks and it got a little steep. For an adult, it's fine. Even for Taylor, it's fine. But Walter, remember, he, he didn't have his confidence all built up. So he got nervous. And so I could have told him, oh, you could just, you know, after he fell, I could have told him, oh, just walk down this part, put your skis back on and, and ski down. But that's not my kind of style when it comes to ski coaching. And so I said, no, the only way down is to ski through this. You got to learn how to do the hard stuff, not just the easy stuff. And so I, I made him slowly. I didn't, wouldn't even put him in between my legs. I said, no, but you, you got to ski this on your own. I gave him some different techniques and, and, and eventually he made it through that difficult part. He did get a little bit angry and said that he wanted to sue Kissing Bridge at one point in time, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but anyways, you know, he, he made it through that tough part, but it took a little while. And then we made it down to the bottom of the mountain. But by the time we made it to the bottom of the mountain, my daughter had probably been down there for almost 10 minutes, for five to 10 minutes. And so I get down there and normally when this happens, I, I see her standing right next to the chairlift or something. And so I'm looking all around at all these people that are now piling onto the mountain. And I'm looking around, you know, surveying the crowds, looking for my daughter, remembering exactly what she was doing, looking for my daughter, and I wasn't seeing her anywhere. And then I saw a kid that I thought was Taylor a little bit in the distance, so I yelled her name, but it wasn't Taylor, and I saw that the helmet was a different color, and so that mom panic started to set in. You guys know that mom panic. That mom panic started to set in, that little bit of anxiety when you are in a public place and suddenly you can't find your child. That mom panic started to, to kick in, so I told Walter, and I said, okay, Walter, you wait right here, you know, closer towards the parking lot. I said, you wait right here. I'm going to ski over to the bunny hill just to see if she went over there when we were taking so long. So I ski over to the bunny hill, and again, I'm surveying up the magic carpet down the hill, looking all around, looking for my daughter, and I didn't find her anywhere. So finally, I paused before turning back to Walter, and I paused, and I said, okay, God, it's your turn now. I said, God, I, I need you at this moment. I know you know where she is. I need you to lead her back to me because I'm starting to get panicky. So I, I said a prayer, and I'm not going to lie, it was a pushy prayer. I said, God, I need you right now to bring my daughter back to me. And then I turned around, and I looked around again, still didn't see her anywhere, skied back to Walter. And then as I'm looking at Walter, and Walter's looking at me, behind Walter, walking in the parking lot with her skis and 
after poles in hand, is Taylor walking towards me. See, what had happened is we took so long to get down the mountain, she was afraid that maybe we had gone down the other part. So she skied over there to go look for us, and when we weren't there, she walked her skis and her poles through the parking lot. She was a little teary because she was getting a little anxious. Nothing, a hug couldn't stop. But in that moment, I, I, it was like I prayed, and then I turned around, and then immediately I saw Taylor. Now, here is why I tell you this story. In that moment, when I turned to God and I said, God, I need you right now. I need you to guide my daughter back to me. I expected God to respond. I've had enough time in my life where I've prayed for something that's kind of simple for God, but hard for me. And I expected God to respond immediately because I realized that when we pray for something that's kind of simple for God, but hard for us, something like when somebody is just a little ways away from us and we can't see them, but God knows where they are. I've learned that when we pray for something like that, and when we expect God to answer, so often God answers immediately. And when I turned to God in prayer, I expected God to respond. And think about what happens when you expect something. When you expect something, you, you know where you strongly believe that it's going to happen. When you expect something, you are fully convicted that it's going to happen. So if I tell you I'm going to be at your house in five minutes, you expect me to walk through the door in about five minutes. Or if somebody calls you on the phone and, and they're a genuine person who says, how can I help? And they offer to help you in a certain way. You expect them to help you in that way. Or when a prayerful person says that they will pray for you, you expect your name to get lifted to God's ears. Expectation means that we fully believe that a thing is going to happen. So why am I talking about this? I'm talking about it because of how our reading started out today. Did you catch this? This is why I read it twice. Look at how verse 15 began. Luke starts verse 15 with, as the people were filled with what? As the people were filled with expectation. The people believed that something was going to happen. The people believed that God was about to do something big. The people believed that God was intervening. And this was they expected this because 300 years prior, there had been word that a Messiah would come to, to Israel. And then 30 years prior to this instance in Luke chapter 3, 30 years earlier, there was word that spread that the Messiah had been born. So when John started preaching... And when John started baptizing, when John started doing all of these things, these people expected that God was about to do something new. The people expected that a Messiah was going to come. The people expected a Messiah. And then those who were expecting a Messiah were standing there that day. Can you imagine standing there that day? They were standing there that day when Jesus came to John. They were standing there that, that day. Maybe they themselves had just been baptized. Maybe they were so full of expectation that they wondered, well, maybe even John could be the Messiah. They were standing there and they were so full of expectation that God was going to do something new. It's like they knew it. They believed that God was about to do something. They were all standing there by the river 
full of expectation. And then as they were standing there, Luke gives us one version. If we put together Matthew and Mark and Luke's versions, if we put it all together, then we get the full, complete story. So they were all standing there when suddenly Jesus approached John. And John was like, hey, Jesus, I can't baptize you. I need to be baptized by you. I can't baptize you. But Jesus insisted. And so they went down to the river the same way that everybody else was baptized. They went down to the river as all those people who were full of expectation were standing there on the side of the river watching. John and Jesus went down to the river because Jesus insisted on being baptized. In this, you know how I always say, I want there to be a heavenly movie theater where I can sit down and watch all of these events. I hope that there is a heavenly movie theater when we can see exactly how this happened because it seems magnificent and it seems beautiful. And all of the people who were standing there with expectation got to witness this when Jesus was baptized by John and then as he was dunked in the water and then as he came up the skies opened up and I just imagine this beautiful bright white light shining down from above directly on Jesus and the Holy Spirit which took the form of a dove for everybody to witness that something was happening rested on Jesus' head. And then a voice, the voice of God, the voice of God spoke out to Jesus, you are my beloved. You are my son. The beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And then after that, Jesus went into the wilderness and then began his ministry. But this didn't happen out of the blue. You realize that? This didn't happen out of the blue. This happened when people were full of expectation. Now let's think about this. Uh, Think about free will. This is something that I think about a lot. Let's, Let's think about free will for just a moment. We all have free will. I have free will. You have free will. We've all got free will. Raise your hand if you got free will. God gave you free will. We've all got it. All of us have free will. We are all living here on this earth, and we all have the ability and the free will to let God into our lives. We also have the free will to say, ah, no, God, sorry, I don't need you in my life. We have that free will. We have free will to come here and to praise God and to worship God and give me a wave of the hand if you want to praise God today just for a moment come on just sometimes we got to get our get ourselves moving a little bit if you want to praise God I love Bob's hands waving in the air there if we want to praise God we have the free will to to come to church or to worship online we have the free will to come here together and to praise God and to worship God we also have the free will to pretend that God doesn't exist notice that I say pretend that God doesn't exist we have the free will to do that and because of our free will here is what I've realized because we all have free will God intervenes in our lives a lot more when we have the expectation that God is going to intervene in our lives if we don't believe that God exists if we don't want God to be a part of our lives if if we are anti-God and anti-everything do you think God's going to come and intervene in our lives no because we have free will we can push God out of our lives if we want. But if we want God in our lives, if we want to praise God, if we want to worship God, if we want to do better and live better and be better, if we want God in our lives, and if we expect God to be in our lives, you know who often comes and shows up? God does. If we have an expectation, give me a nod of the head. If you 
know what I'm talking about. If we have an expectation that God will intervene in our lives, so often God finds a way to intervene. It might not be exactly how we think. You know, God's tricky like that. Sometimes God intervenes in a way that we that is not exactly how we ask, but if we expect God to intervene, still God shows up. Just think about this. If I'm starting this new year and I want to change my life, I want to change something about the way that I live my life, so I turn to God and I say, okay, God, I, I need you to help me make this change. And I expect God to, to help me make this change. I'm going to have to do the work. But if I expect God to do it, you know what? So often God will show up in some way. Or just think about it. Think about you. Think about your own self, your own life. If you want X, Y, or Z to happen in your life and, and you turn to God in prayer and you pray and you pray and you pray, and then you expect God to show up. You expect God to be there to help you, to guide you. You know what God so often does? So often God shows up. But one thing that's missing so often is that expectation. So often people will turn to God and pray and they'll be like, well, God, if you don't mind, do you think that maybe you could help me out in this situation? And, and then God doesn't really show up. But there's a difference about how sometimes when we turn to God in prayer and we say, God, I need you right now. I need you in my life. I need you to help me. And I expect you to help me. And then we hold on to that expectation. Do you realize how often God then shows up? Anybody know what I'm talking about? So often we need to change our expectation. Because, I mean, yes, there are some times that God doesn't answer our prayer the way that we want to. Because God's God and we don't know all that God knows and God sees. But there are so many ways that God does intervene in this world. There are so many ways that God does intervene in our lives. Again, give me a wave of your hand if you've ever had God intervene in your life. Sometimes, oh, so rudely, but God intervene in your life. But here's the thing. God intervenes in our lives even more when we expect it, when we have the expectation. Let's think about what we just read on that baptism of Jesus. As the people were filled with what? <laughs> expectation. We're starting a new year, or we started it. Somehow we're already like into January. I don't know how that's possible. We're in this new year. Maybe there's something in your life you want to change. I don't know what it is. If we turn to God with expectation that God will help, so often God enters our lives. Sometimes all that we need to do is change our expectation. And let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, God, we turn to you. You are the God who poured the Holy Spirit on Jesus. You are the God who spoke from the heavens, saying that Jesus is your beloved son. You are the God who rose Jesus from the dead. You are the God who, who breaks through this world and makes miracles happen. So Lord, we turn to you now. We know that your ways are greater than, your, than our ways. We know that your power is greater than our power. But we turn to you, Lord, with expectation that you will enter into our lives, that you will bless us, that you will help us, that you will guide us. We turn to you, Lord, with holy expectation that you will lead us and guide us in our lives to help us to be better and to do better as followers of Jesus. Help us, Lord. Bless us and be with us. 
And Lord, pour your Holy Spirit upon us. And we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us worship God with our morning tithes and offerings. Give thanks to the grateful heart, give thanks to the Holy One, give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his Son. And now let the weak say I am strong, let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. grassy fields stay at your feet the forest trees they stretch to the hands the cloudy skies open up to you the rolling hills rise and fall in you the ocean 
ocean waves, they clap their hands. The waterfalls bow down to their knees. The glassy sea reflects your rays. The rushing river runs after you. I see your majesty. How can it be? you delight in me and all creation sings great are you Lord you are the God of heaven great are you Lord you are the King of glory great are you Springtime flowers look up to you. The summer breeze, it whispers your name. The shining sun rises up to you. The shooting stars dance around in joy. The glowing moon shines forth your light. The universe moves around your throne. I see your majesty. I see your majesty. How can it be that you delight in me? Now creation sings, great are you, Lord. You are the God of heaven, great are you, Lord. You are the King of glory, great are you, Lord. And I delight in you, great are you, Lord. And all creation with great expectation. Go forth with the love of Christ in your heart. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.